0: chapter 13 of cockhouse at fellsgarth by talbot baines reed this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 13 quarter to the front the morning of the return match with rendlesham was damp and muggy and so assorted well with the spirits of fellsgarth generally the juniors of course were cheerful everything came in the day's work for them but among the seniors on either side gloom prevailed even ranger the light-hearted was snappish as his fag discovered and denton the amiable hoped he would not for his temper's sake meet too many moderns between morning and evening the captain though he kept up his usual show of serenity was evidently worried but he had no notion of giving in no if the school was to be thrashed let them take their thrashing like men and not whine about like the other boys after all said he to ranger we may not get glory but we needn't lose it only for goodness sake let us keep our rows to ourselves and not talk about them out of doors right you are said his friend i wish i had your temper the cads and after the way you've treated them too why some of us thought you went out of your way to favour them the captain grunted and began to throw his flannels into his bag what about rollitt he asked no go he's gone off for a day's fishing the captain whistled dismally then we must play a man short there's no one else worth putting in it's like marching to one's execution he said i wish it was all over but it's only just beginning the moderns were gloomy too they had taken their course and they must stand by it now when they came to reflect it was not a particularly glorious one nor did it seem to promise much by way of compensation they were done out of football for the rest of the term they were reduced to a faction in fellsgarth and what was worse they were secretly doubtful whether they were quite as much in the right as they tried to persuade themselves they had taken their course however and must go on i suppose none of our side will go on the omnibus said brinkman why not said clapperton it will do them good to have spectators i shall go not that i care about it but just to assert my rights hurrah for self-sacrifice said fullerton if your principles will allow you to take chicken and tongue sandwiches with you i'll go too it's ten to one they'll try to prevent our going said dangle i hope they'll try when the two coaches drove up to carry the fifteen and the prefects and other privileged boys to the scene of conflict a good deal of surprise was evinced at the appearance of clapperton brinkman dangle and fullerton in ordinary costume and without bags ready to accompany the party contrary to their expectations and hopes no protest was made and as far as the classic seniors were concerned no notice was vouchsafed them this was annoying particularly as the juniors present took care to call attention to their presence look at em cried wally don't they look clever kicked out of the team serve em right shouted ashby who's kicked out retorted the modern fags it would take better chaps than you to kick them out don't you wish you could kick them in they know better retorted percy and company amid such embarrassing comments the four modern heroes mounted to their places the cheers of their adherents hardly made up for the chilly welcome of their travelling companions yorke seeing clapperton looking for a place politely moved up to make room and then turned his back and talked to ranger the other three were similarly cut off dangle finding himself in between fisher major and denton who talked across him brinkman on another coach was tucked in among some rowdy classic middle boys who were discussing the strike very vigorously among themselves as for fullerton he was lucky enough to get the seat beside the driver where at any rate he could count on one sympathetic soul into whose ears to pour his occasional words of wisdom just as the first coach was starting a shout was heard from across the green and Quarter, the modern boy whose services were declined on the previous occasion equipped in an ulster and with his bag in his hand appeared signalling for the cortege to wait well what is it demanded dangle is York there York? can i play to-day no you can't said dangle in a menacing undertone none of us are playing you know that i don't see why i mayn't play if i have the chance said Quarter. i awfully want to play in the fifteen we're a man short said yorke you can play Quarter, if you dare to come and play said dangle still in a whisper you'll find it so precious hot for yourself afterwards that you'll be sorry for it yorke says i may play persisted Quarter. i don't see why i shouldn't cad traitor blackleg yelled percy and company as they saw their man mount the coach ha ha got one man among you who isn't a coward and a sneak and a howling kid retorted wally gee up whereat the whips cracked and the happy party drove off corder was one of those obtuse youths who can never take in more than one idea at a time his present idea was football he had come up this term with a consuming ambition to get into the fifteen and had played hard and desperately to secure his end last week when brinkman was obliged to retire he thought his chance was come and great was his mortification when he found that his nomination was not accepted by the captain still he didn't despair when he saw the vacancies caused in the team by the defection of the moderns his hopes rose again but once more they were dashed by the captain's announcement of a fifteen made-up wholly of classics Today to-day he had not had the heart to come out and see the coaches start and was moping in his own room when some one brought in word that rollitt was not going to play after all and that the team was setting out a man short whereupon Quarter dashed into his ulster flung his flannels into his bag and tore out of his house just in time to secure for himself the long-coveted honor and find himself in the glorious position of playing for the school how was such a fellow likely to trouble his head about strikes and protests and organized desertion fortunately for the comfort of his journey he had to pack himself away on the floor between the feet of ridgeway and another of the team who if they kicked him at all only did it by accident or by way of encouragement and not as dangle or brinkman might have done in spite the rain was coming down pretty steadily by the time the party got to their destination and the gloom on the brows of the four modern prefects deepened as they looked up and speculated on the delights of standing for an hour on the wet grass watching their rivals play dangle said clapperton we must stop that cad quarters playing at all cost it will upset everything come and talk to him but Quarter, perhaps with an inkling of what was in store for him had entrenched himself behind a number of other players and in close proximity to ranger who had evidently told himself off to see that the last recruit of the fifteen was not tampered with the signals of the two seniors were studiously not observed and when dangle getting desperate said "Quarter, half a minute clapperton wants you ranger interposed with come on you fellows it's time we got into our flannels and effectually checkmated the manoeuvre if he doesn't get paid out for this growled clapperton i'm precious mistaken yes and the other fellows must see that he is if this sort of thing spreads we may as well cave in at once the rendlesham fellows hovered about under shelter till the last moment grumbling at the weather the grass and the dock at length the fellsgarth boys put in an appearance sides were solemnly tossed for and the order to spread out was given hullo said one of the rendlesham as he passed clapperton and dangle why aren't you playing afraid of the cold no, we scratched because. Have you got that big man down who was so hot in the scrimmages? I forget his name. He's not one of the delicate ones. I fancy. No more are we. We're not playing because. Hello, they're waiting," said the player, and went off, leaving the explanation still unfinished. One of the last to run out was Quarter. "You young cad," growled clapperton as he passed take my advice and don't play unless come on Quarter, waiting shouted yorke Quarter obeyed like lightning the match began disastrously for fellsgarth within five minutes of the kick-off a run-up by one of the rendlesham quarterbacks carried the ball right into the school lines and a touchdown resulted on a fine day like last saturday a goal would have been certain but on the wet grass the try did not come off but five minutes later a drop kick from the middle of the field by the rendlesham captain secured a magnificent goal for the home team clapperton sneered what i expected said he they'll be lucky if they don't lose a dozen yorke on the contrary was cheering up bad as these opening ten minutes had been he fancied his team was not going to do so badly after all the new players were working like mad in the scrimmage ranger was as quick on his feet in the wet as in the dry and Quarter at half-back had been surprisingly steady before kicking off again he made one or two changes he moved ridgway who was a heavyweight up into the forwards quarter greatly to his delight was entrusted with the goal and fisher major moved up to half-back the forwards were ordered on no account to break loose but if necessary to keep the ball among them till time was called then with his well-known on you go he backed off the ball was almost immediately locked up in a tight fierce scrimmage the boys took the captain's advice with a vengeance and held the ball among their feet doggedly neither letting it through on their side nor forcing it out on the side of the enemy at length however it could be seen filtering out sideways just where the captain was hovering outside the scrimmage let it come he whispered look out ranger next moment the ball was under his arm and before any one realized that the scrimmage was up he was off with it and among the enemy's half-backs the half-backs knew york of old and closed upon him before he could double or get round them pass shouted ranger it was beautifully done while york was falling and ranger brushing past the enemy's half-backs were not in it with the fleet fellsgarth runner nor was their back and to their own utter amazement three minutes later the school placed to their credit an easy goal then did clapperton and dangle and brinkman gnash their teeth till they ached and fullerton standing near had his gibe it was worth coming here in the rain to see that wasn't it the match was not yet over the Rendlesham men startled into attention by this unexpected rebuff took care that such a misadventure should not happen again and making all the use they could of their superior weight bore down the scrimmages and forced the ball into the open once they carried it through with a splendid rush and their captain picking it up under the very feet of the boys ran it forward a few yards and took a drop-kick which missed by only a few inches a little later came corder's chance he had lived all the term for this moment if he was taken back to fellsgarth on a shutter he would not care so long as he did himself credit now he had a clear field to start with and was well out of touch before the advance guard of the enemy bore down on him then it was a sight to see him wriggle and dodge and twist and turn in and out among them threading them like a needle through a string of beads and slipping through their hands like an eel well played indeed quarter cried york oh what music was in the sound what would he not dare now on he went now diving under an arm now staggering round a leg now jumping like a kangaroo against an opponent the very sight of his evolution seemed to demoralize the Rendlesham men they floundered and slid on the slippery grass and made wild grabs without ever reaching him it was really too ridiculous to be eluded by a raw hand like this and yet he eluded them Halfway way down the field he ran with a roar of applause at his back and only a handful of the enemy left ahead how splendid if he could only pass them and make his record with a run from one goal to the other alas a swoop from behind greeted the proud thought two hands clawed at his shoulders and from his shoulders slipped to his waist and from his waist slid down to his ankles where for a moment they held and sent the runner tripping over on his nose in the mud with the ball spinning away a yard ahead it was all up no fisher was on the spot and at fisher's heels ridgway the rendlesham backs flung themselves in the way but only to divert not to stop their career when Corder picked himself up and rubbed the mud out of his eyes the first thing he saw was ridgway sitting behind the enemy's line with the ball comfortably resting on his knee it was another for the school perhaps a goal alas on that ground the lawn side-kick was too much even for york it shot wide and Rendlesham breathed again but the long and short of it was that the match was a tie a goal and a try to each side and that to Quarter belonged the credit of a big hand in the lesser point awfully well run Quarter said the captain as time having been called the two walked off the field together you must play for us again after that who should say life was not worth living the very weather seemed to change for corder the sun came out flowers sprang up at his feet birds started singing in the trees overhead what a letter he would have to write home to-morrow the captain's pat on the back sent a glow all through him who wouldn't be a fellsgarth chap after all it scarcely damped his joy to perceive that neither clapperton dangle nor brinkman shared in the general congratulations but looked more black and threatening than ever as he passed pooh what did he care for that how he enjoyed the glorious Rendlesham sham high tea and the drive home in the rain with everybody talking and laughing and rejoicing singing songs and shouting war cries he was quite sorry when it came to an end and he had to dismount and go over alone to his own house he could hear the shouts and huzzas of the classics across the green as wakefields turned out in a body to welcome their men no one at forders turned out to welcome him the four prefects themselves had not even waited for him for the first time that day corder felt himself wishing he had a little sympathy in his jubilation it was dull when everybody over on the other side was shouting himself hoarse to hear not a cheep of congratulation from his own fellows however it didn't matter much he went to his room and changed and hoped his messmate wilson would not be long in coming for supper and a gossip wilson came presently but his face was glum and his manner frigid oh here you are old chap i'm peckish did you hear about the match we shut up said wilson you're a cad i don't want to talk to you corder put down his knife and fork and looked up in amazement this from wilson he knew clapperton was sore about it but wilson he went on eating while thinking it out and wilson ate too in silence and then rose to go are you not going to prepare to-night yes in dangles room and corder was left alone this was too bad of wilson to-night of all nights he would go and look up selby selby he knew would be interested in the day's news for had they not practised drop-kicks together for an hour a day all this term selby was in but not at all glad to see him are you busy old man asked corder i don't want you here said selby why what's the row row you're a sneak that's the row cut surely selby must be out of sorts to talk like that corder stood in the door for a moment on the off chance that his friend might be joking but no selby turned his back and began to read a book this was getting monotonous corder returned to his study to think it out a little more his fag cash was there looking for a paper hullo youngster that you we didn't get beaten after all to-day i suppose you heard Cash's reply was laconic, to say the least of it. He turned round and put out his tongue. None of your cheek, I say," said Quarter. "Or I'll... How dare you speak to me?" said the junior. "You're a cad. I'm not going to fag for a cad," and he vanished. Quarter went to bed that night, sorely perplexed, and his perplexity was not relieved when he rose next morning and found a paper on his table with the following genial notice: Any boy. In forders found speaking to quarter, the sneak will be cut by the house by order. End of chapter thirteen.